0: Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Lift off. Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host,
1: Christina Eens. Hey,
0: super achievers. In this episode, I'm interviewing Jeff Leizowitz. Jeff has devoted his life to teaching and creativity as an award-winning musician, producer, college songwriting professor, critically acclaimed author, distributed filmmaker, and internationally in-demand life coach. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Well, before we jump into the topic, which I love because it's so in alignment with this podcast and my first book, um, let's, get, let's talk a little bit about your background. So what would you like our listeners to know?
1: Sure. Well, my background, um, I have been a... I sort of grew up as a weird, friendless kid, uh, <laughs> always in a sort of an imaginary world. And when I was just, just a little kid at summer camp, I turned on to music. Mm. Uh, an older kid was playing drums in a cabin, uh, to like seventies rock records. And he invited me in and it kind of blew my mind and, and sort of blew my heart out too. And from there on in, I've always been on this sort of creative journey with music and writing, photography, film, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and also as a teacher or an empowerer and, um, uh, you know, coach. So I teach songwriting. I've done tons of music, all the rest of the stuff. And, uh, yeah, I just love it. I love helping people, um, you know, kind of up level their world.
0: Yeah. I love it. So did you, do you play the drums too?
1: I do not play the drums, although I program beats. Ah, okay. So- I do. I play guitar and bass, program beats, program synthesizers. Oh, okay. So I've had thousands of placements on film and TV, won an award, best independent electronic artist in the world in wow. 2000. You know, I've, I've been around.
0: I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so now, um, your book, not effing around, which we also want to make the you know, the the topic of this podcast episode essentially. Can you share a little bit about uh, the overall concept and what led you to write the book?
1: Sure. So I uh, I live in Seattle and I like coffee as my, many of us do. So I've spent many uh, weekend mornings in the coffee shop drinking you know too much coffee and writing. And I sometimes write you know, journal entries or screenplay stuff or poetry or just who knows, whatever. And one day, you know, a couple of years ago, I was writing and I was like, wow, this would kind of be a good start for a book. So I just started, I just continued to develop it and ended up writing the book. And the reason why I was so intrigued and so passionate about this book is because I've spent literally decades banging my head against the wall in many walls in various ways, um, both internally, you know, within myself and externally in the world of, you know, business and creativity and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to write a book that would help people bang their head against the wall a little bit less <laughs> like the book that I would have loved to have read when I was 20, that kind of
0: yeah. thing. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it's so in alignment with quit bleeping around. Right. And that Mm -hmm. came from my coach telling me quit fucking around. (laughs) So so, yeah, I I totally get the origins. So now how can we, what are some strategies to help people to not F around anymore?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, one of them is to understand why you want to do the thing you want to do. Okay. We often move into different, you know, jobs or hobbies or relationships or all kinds of things without really understanding what is driving us. And that is the why, right? So you want to ask yourself this question, why am I doing this or why do I want to do this thing? But here's what happens in my experience of sort of going through this with many, many, many clients. Um, the first answer is not the whole answer it's sort of the surface answer Mm -hmm. so what we want to do is ask why and then ask why of the answer right so we're drilling down and once we have that answer ask why again and sometimes you know sometimes people get it in you know two or three levels and i've had some clients where you know it it goes for a while, six or seven levels. And then finally, you understand what's really driving you. And when you have that, it opens up a whole different level of conscious energy. right? There's a bigger meaning to what you're doing than what you would have... Certainly what you would have had when you started with. So that is one thing um, to, to get you started, for sure.
0: I love that. And so essentially, that's um, this is helping people live their gift.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when you understand what your why is, your why is going to sort of automatically be attached to your gift, okay? Because it it will just align within you, okay? And what is your gift? Your gift is something that is unique to you That you have developed or will develop that is of some interest or value to the world. And when I say the world, it does not mean, you know, a zillion people, you know, billions of people. The world can mean one other person, it really can mean, you know, yourself. Yeah. Right. So, yes, that is true.
0: Yeah. So, and I just, so I, before we dive into some more strategies, I know some people feel that uh, they once they identify their gift, they have to figure out a way to make a living off of it. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts around that?
1: Well, I mean, great if you can do it. If you want to do it, there is a concept, a Japanese concept called Ikigai. And Icky Guy is, it's a little bit difficult to visualize this, but think of like Venn, a Venn diagram, you know, with the circles that are kind of overlapping. Yeah. Right. And each one of these circles has a different concept in them. Okay. So one circle is what you love. Another circle that overlaps that is what you're good at. Another circle is um, what the world needs. And another circle is what the world will pay for. Yeah. Ikigai is in the center where all of those overlap. And that is essentially, you know, what you just suggested. Can I live my gift in a way that gets paid? You know, that I can get paid for it. Yeah. So if that, if you can find a way to do that, which there is always a way, it's not always an easy way right but it is mm-hmm. there is always some kind of way um you know that is a way to go but that said living your gift does not have to mean making money from your gifts right if yeah. your if your gift is you know i don't know painting trees you know doing still lifes or something like that just do it you know do it with the bliss and the love within you and hey, if you can sell them, great, but you don't have to quit your day job to live your gift. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love that. Right. Yeah. Do it to feed your soul, but you don't have to, you know, like start living in a van to, to help. The, right. Yeah. Right. The life. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. So now part of your, your book is about really identifying what's, what's your creativity and how to be more creative, et cetera. So why is creativity so important?
1: Well, I would say that creativity is not a luxury item, right? Mm-hmm. It's it, it seems, it sort of seems that way in a lot of ways, but as humans, we are built, we are, a, we are built with creativity. What we, creativity is really taking agency over, over connecting ideas and making change in the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... What tends to happen in, in many, many people, well, first of all, in everyone, you're a little kid, right? And you are creative, you, you know, you're playing around, you know, you think you're a dog, you know, running around in the backyard, like there's a million <laughs> things, right? And then what happens? We start to become sort of self-conscious as we get older and oh that's weird or that's dumb or your friend thinks that's not cool right and then you go to school and these kinds of factors come in and we just kind of start smushing down that creativity down and down and down so that we can kind of fit in right because that is another primal need of humans we want to fit into our groups yeah because when we were You know thousands of years ago if you weren't in a group you know if you weren't in the tribe if you got banished from the tribe you were dead there's no way you're making it out there you know by yourself so that's a primal need too but the but what happens is in the current age people um they overestimate the risk of being creative right? The, mm-hmm. the risk of the downside of being creative. Thus, they don't step forward. They don't say the interesting idea. They don't do the thing because they want to be accepted where, you know what, if somebody doesn't like the poem that you put on Instagram, is that really a life-threatening concept? <laughs> no. No, it's really not. To some people, maybe, but <laughs> right. Well, it may feel that way. See, that's the difference. Yeah. It may feel like life-threatening, but it is not life-threatening. Right? It's somebody didn't like your thing or give you a thumbs up on you know on your social media or something. So, you know, something that I would suggest to people who are struggling with expressing their creativity is, you know, we want to get outside the comfort zone a little bit. So the first thing is, you know, understand your why. Do something, whether it's write a poem or do a painting or write it, you know, whatever your thing is. And just do it. Don't share it with anybody. Okay. Just create it and then destroy it. Okay. Let it go. It's gone. Mm -hmm. And then you come back when you're ready and make another one. And this time share it. With a friend, a trusted friend or family member, something like that, and ask them before you share it. Don't. I don't want any feedback. I just want to share this with you because hmm. right? feedback is scary, right? Especially if you haven't gotten it a lot of it in your creative works, because we feel so, um, you know, so so pr- it's so personal when we create something authentic. Right. So when it's, "Ah, you know, that's cool, but this part stinks, you know, you're like, ah, it feels like I stink. When it's not I stink, it's the color in this thing wasn't the right color or something. So it's really interesting to think of our creative works as both, you know, sort of sacred, like they are a, a big piece of us. And at the same time, they're ephemeral. They like it doesn't matter. Right. Which is duality we have to hold within ourselves to really move forward. But I kind of got this from a uh, pottery teacher that I had in college, you know, with the pottery with the wheel and all that kind of stuff. So we get in there in the first week, we make our first pot. You know, we spend all week making this thing. The next week we get in there and we talk about the pots and, you know, the process and stuff. And the guy's like, okay, come down the hall with me. We're, We're, put on these goggles. We're walking into this little like cinder block room. Okay. It's like, okay, smash it. (laughs) We're like, what? I just worked on this for a week. But yeah, (laughs) smash it. We're like, "Uh, okay. So we smashed it. And then we talked about this concept where, you know, If you're going to be a potter, this is not the best pot. Your first one is not the best one you're ever going to do. You're not wrecking your masterpiece, right? (laughs) It's a process. So letting go um, of your attachment to your creativity is a huge piece of this. And that kind of reminds me of, you know, the Buddhist monks who do the sand paintings. familiar with this? So these guys these guys get this um, colored sand and they get a piece of concrete on the ground and they make these really intricate, beautiful mandalas. It takes them weeks to pour little bits of of colored sand on this thing. When they're done, they kind of say a prayer and sweep it away.
0: Wow.
1: (laughs) Right? Yeah. So look that up on YouTube. I'm sure you'll be able to find stuff like that. But the concept is not to be attached to anything, even something that you've worked on for weeks.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So that is that is one way to get people, you know, kind of moving forward in their creative process. I like
0: that. That sounds a little bit like, um, what is it? Feeling fast, feeling forward kind of thing. <laughs>
1: Fail uh yeah, failing fast that's or uh, f- fail fast is one of the chapters in my book ah, hey. um yes, and uh I would say, you know, as far as that goes, what we really want to do is reframe the word fail, Yeah. because yeah, fail is such a scary word, oh my God, I'm gonna fail, oh my God, right, nobody wants to fail, but the truth is failing is just feedback, yeah okay? In, in a healthier way. So if you have some endeavor and you do it and, you know, oh, I failed. Well, let's change that word to feedback. You ask as many questions as possible about your process, the outcome, just anything you can think of, what's working, what didn't, and you learn from it. And then you iterate, you do it again, except better. And guess what's going to happen? it's going to be better. You might fail again. You probably will actually, but that's yes. fine because <laughs> I mean, that actually shows that you're growing forward in your mission. I've had the um, pleasure and privilege to interview many, many creative types and really people all over the place. And when the subject of failure comes up, everybody's the same. It's like, Oh, Failure sucks, but it's kind of what you need to do the thing. Yeah. Right. It's your, it's the, what do you call that? Frenemy, you know, friend and enemy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and if you're not failing enough, you're probably not risking enough.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's the comfort zone. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Your comfort zone.
0: (laughs) Well, what else do you want us to know about not effing around?
1: What else do I want you to know? Well, uh, you know, life is short. Uh, We don't know when it's over. That's part of the mystery of this whole thing. Thus, it would probably be a good idea to kind of live that dream, live that gift. You know, what matters to you? You know, in, in life coach school, life coach training that I did years ago, one of the exercises we did was really interesting. And it was Write your eulogy, right? Wow. What do you do with your life? You're like, wow, huh? <laughs> That's a pretty good question. Cause at the end of the day, you know, it's gonna come down to a couple of paragraphs, right? <laughs> yeah. What are what are in what is in that story? And if you can know that story, you can then live that story. Right? What do you want them to say? When you're in the ground, you know?
0: Yeah. Wow. Know your story and live your story. You know, as a coach, right? It sounds like you're giving the uh, listeners some homework, which is a coaching thing to do. (laughs) So maybe they need to write their eulogy so they can know their story so they can live their
1: story. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Those powerful words.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It is shockingly powerful, you know, when you actually do it because it frames your mortality, which is something nobody particularly likes to think about, but it's there whether you think about it or not. And your days click by whether you're doing something about it or not.
0: Yeah. So might as well make the best of it.
1: (laughs) That's that's what I would say.
0: There you go. So now um, I know we mentioned your book. Can you share a little bit more about your products and or services
1: with our listeners? Uh, Sure. Well, I guess the only product I have is the book and you can get that on Amazon. Just look up my last name if you can spell it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, my service is one-on-one coaching. And I help creatives of every flavor and also what I call humans with a heartbeat, right? So if you're sort of heart driven, if you realize and understand that there's more to this life than the surface, that we are all connected, that, you know, love matters, there is such a thing as empathy, you know, things like that. Um... I would love to, you know, do a zoom with you and see how I can help you in whatever you're doing. And I've got, like I said, all kinds of creatives. I got, you know, mom with five kids. I've got, you know, people doing all kinds of stuff. So, um, I suspect there's a way I can uh, help you out. So just, you can just go to the website and learn more about me and then sign up for a session.
0: I love it. To live a more purposeful, fulfilling life.
1: Yes. And by yes. the way, did I say that's a complimentary session?
0: Ah, right. yeah, right. I love it.
1: People, people like that. <laughs> Free is good.
0: <laughs> They're like, I'm on it. Okay. I'm on it. <laughs> okay. And where would you like uh, people to go to learn more about you?
1: Yeah, that's just the website, jefflizowitz.com.
0: Perfect. And that will be in the
1: episode description as well. Beautiful. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So final piece of advice for our listeners.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Final piece of advice. Well, I think I'm going to have to default to, um, a sneaker motto. Just do it. (laughs) Just
0: effing do it. Just, yeah, we might as well
1: throw an F bomb in there. (laughs) That probably wouldn't work for, you know, advertising around the world, you know, but depends on
0: what country. Uh Exactly. I love it. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today, Jeff.
1: Sure thing. Thank you for having me. It was great.
0: If you'd like to learn more about Jeff, visit his website at JeffLysowitz.com. Did you know that time is not your most limiting resource? To find out how to increase your productivity and have more time to do the things you love, visit secret secrettosuperproductivity.com.